1: Hey everybody, Jacob Daniel here. This is part two of my conversation with Thomas uh, Queter. If for some reason you're watching these out of order, just to recap again, the conversation was so long that I could not make the file small enough to fit it into one episode through my host. So I had (coughs) had to split it up into two different parts. Um, so, if you wanna watch them out of order, I mean go ahead I'm an anarchist I'll let you uh <laughs> do what you want because you're not hurting anyone else but uh if you wanna you know enjoy the conversation the proper way, make sure you watch part one first um and I have you know in the intro for that um a more detailed explanation as well as um you know plugging uh some things that are coming up with things I got going on so um, but yeah, if you already watched part one, then here is part two. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this conversation.
0: You know, I have complaints about the state of uh, welfare, healthcare. And if you paid attention, you probably heard me really complain about the technology of wheelchairs these days. Yes. Specifically, power wheelchairs. Um, you know, I've been in a power wheelchair since. 1987 so 35 years since i was four i I have um tested many every time i had to replace one um i have had many um i forget if i'm at nine or ten or 15 now (laughs) and what i saw um in that industry which a lot of it, if we had, you know, 19 hours to talk about it, we could blame the government for. Um, I saw the technology improve, reach a peak, and drop. We mm-hmm. went from the late 90s where 15-year-old me could get the wheelchair like, exactly like the one that I'm sitting in, uh, that had some quality, some durability, the ability to get you outside of your, your house and, and, and around, um, particularly in my condition, which makes my skeleton extremely sensitive. Um, to, you know, the hover round is the go thing. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever had any experience with power wheelchairs, Jacob?
1: No, I have not.
0: Oh, okay. Um, have you ever driven a really good car? Yeah. Have you ever driven a really bad car?
1: Yeah, I drive a really bad car to work every day.
0: Okay. So so your legs are a really good car, and the wheelchairs on the market today are the really bad car. Does that make sense? We're trying to replace something that works functionally and wholly with something that can't even get people out of their houses. Right. Um, and there, there, there's two, two primary reasons for this. Um, one of them is the social aspect, which has been – greatly affected by the government over the many years, so probably the last couple hundred years, of, or as long as our government has existed. Um, and that is the concept. Actually, you know, I take that back. Not as long as our government has existed. It's actually since maybe the mid-1800s or so. Um, if you have a disability, obviously there's less you can do. And if there's less you can do, you have less value. And if you have less value, you're not worth as much. And our only obligation to you is the very basic welfare style crumbs. Um, so, Jacob, I want to ask you a question. Let's suppose, hypothetically, when we're done with this podcast, you walk out the door, and somebody flying in an airplane drops a hammer, and all of a sudden... You're disabled for life. What do you do?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it'd depend on if I mean, like, totally disabled, like can't.
0: Let, let, let's say paraplegic. You can't walk. Just make it simple.
1: Um, I don't know. If I can talk, I guess I would still do this, but I don't know what else I would do. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, think about all the various aspects of your life. I mean, you know, you have kids, you like to be a dad, you've got responsibilities, duties. You've got a, yeah, a, no. a wife that you have husband responsibilities to. And I don't just mean sex.
1: Um, I wouldn't be you, able to do my job or like 90% of the 99% of the things I do.
0: Right. But, um, but what if you had a wheelchair that meant that you could uh, reclaim half of that quite easily and the other half find a way around?
1: right no yeah it'd be a huge deal
0: right um, but now we're telling teenagers people in their 20s people in their 30s, veterans um, that come back wounded we're telling active people we're telling children who never have the chance to be active that they're their only source of hope in life and I'm sorry I don't have a TV remote laying around is that you all you have to be able to do is get to the coffee table reach that remote take those pills, and watch this bad TV. That's the life you need. That's maybe yeah. a computer. You know, you can get on Twitter all you want. That's all you need, right? Well,
1: isn't that the crux of socialism at the end of the day?
0: Computer, ah,
1: Isn't that the crux of socialism at the end of the day, which I kind of do embrace sometimes, that ANCAP meme of, like, the far-right quadrant the far bottom right quadrant is libertarianism and everything else is just socialism um I just, some yeah,
0: extent, the, to the bottom center but
1: well i mean but whatever i i think almost all statism is sometimes just varying forms of, of socialism and to some extent what you're describing is that healthcare is socialized and because it's socialized it's rationed to the lowest common denominator yep and and that's what that's what happens when you socialize anything, you know. If cars were completely socialized, like people would, you would have to really demonstrate a need to have anything bigger than like a smart car. Right. So, <laughs> uh, back,
0: back to the wheelchair thing. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know this. Uh, most power wheelchair companies are owned by an umbrella company. Uh, In fact, I believe it was Sunrise Medical last I knew owned the most power wheelchair lines. Um, I sued them once, you know, because they broke almost every bone in my body.
1: Wait, wait, Uh, wait. wait, wait. They're they're a monopoly in the wheelchair market? Like, why doesn't the government break that monopoly up or something?
0: Well, so, you know, we complain about pharmaceutical monopolies, but medical equipment monopolies are actually much larger, uh, control much more money in regards— and have much more power over our government. People don't realize it because we're all worried about opiates and addicts and this and that. And I get it, they're concerns, but we don't realize a lot of these things that are going on. Millions of people are dying of cobalt poisoning because the FDA grandfathers in by minute design aspects new implants. And now people are walking around with HIPAA implants full of cobalt. Cobalt poisoning also presents as dementia. Who gets their hips replaced? You've got the elderly grandma and grandpa are dying of cobalt poisoning because we think it's dementia because they're old. And because, you know, we just let them do whatever they want. Um, no, so you you've seen my wheelchair, Jacob, you know, you know about it, right? Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that it's, it's a brand that was designed for a quadriplegic by, uh, aeronautics engineers because they were family. Um, it can push start an f-150 pickup truck it can climb the washed out tractor trails in the hills behind my house it uh it can climb a six inch curb it can do a lot of impressive outdoorsy things it makes people think oh it's like a four-wheeler it's a hot rod you know you go roading. it's like no no no, that also gets me across the parking lot at run down Walmart where the pavement's all messed up. It also gets me over the threshold of my door without feeling severe pain that, that, that gets me down the sidewalk to the post office ten houses away. Um so can it overperform? Absolutely, but there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah, um, well how many how many buildings despite the efforts of the government to, to do otherwise don't have ramps. I'd imagine that's probably, I don't know how many, how
0: many government buildings are there? Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we laugh, but that's actually a thing. A few months ago I had a conversation with another uh, disabilities advocate who's also disabled. Um, isn't that funny? Those Hmm. the demographic that they come from tend to be advocates for the demographic they come from. Ooh. Um, it's it's almost like it's a match made in heaven uh, but um, she's working with a group of people with disabilities through a college in the albany area and they're doing very libertarian style evaluations for accessibility of businesses in the area they're not reporting anybody they're not turning anybody in they're not filing any lawsuits they're going there they're looking at the situation they're sending a few different people with different disabilities and you need more coffee.
1: Yeah. I ran out.
0: They, um, they work with the business owners. They've, hit, they've found little than nothing. Little than nothing with small business owners. Where do we find it? Well, we're not going to find it in big box stores. You know why? Those corporations understand that people on welfare and social security have a high of... money. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting off again. Um, (laughs) So we end up in this situation where we have the ADA. You know me. I don't like the ADA. It doesn't do any good. It costs too much money. Doesn't And when I see cost money, it's it's not necessarily costing so much in tax dollars, but the force upon businesses can be too expensive. Um, Oh, yeah. I I know people who mitigate between, uh, say, the state or the town or the county, if you will, and the business. The business wants to be accessible, can't afford it all. But the state says, well, you have to do it all because you're renovating. When you renovate, you have to become expensive. Uh, accessible um, that's why buildings like um, walmarts or office buildings that go up and come down and get renovated regularly they tend to be more accessible um, sadly our government buildings particularly in new york not so accessible um,
1: and your small mom and paw shops and and things right. like that you know they're they're, they're often in situations where it, it's you know, harder for them, you know, maybe it'd be easier for them if they didn't get taxed out the wazoo in every other area. <laughs> and,
0: and I also believe that accessibility should be whatever it is you can do or can manage. Um, right. So when, when I was a kid, the general store in the middle of Mount Upton, um, uh, right? The owner knew my family when I came of uh, the age to start going downtown, you know, those troublemaking kids. Um, <laughs> Well, he built a dolly ramp. You know what a dolly ramp is, right?
1: I can imagine it. Do Just...
0: you know what a dolly is? Yeah. Not, not, not like a Barbie dolly, but a dolly to, to, to load goods in and out of a building. or
1: Yeah, a... like a hand cart. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I don't care if, if your audience plays with dollies. They're, they're, they're more than welcome to. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do not unless it's with my nieces, and they're now too old for that. So no more Barbie dolls in my life. Um. Point being, he built a, do- a dolly ramp. A dolly ramp is removable. You put it down for the sake of getting the dolly over the step. A removable ramp like that, unless it's an expensive and approved metal ramp, that also tends to be dangerous. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I-, I
1: laugh. It, it's not out of me being surprised. It's just, it's, it's like. Well, either it, laugh or you, you t- my three choices are laugh, cry, or scream. So I'm choosing to laugh.
0: You could always try to do all three at once. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <sighs> getting way off track here. Um, so he put down this dolly ramp and I showed up. And, you know, he if the chair needed assistance, he helped. But I got in the store and I got what I yeah. wanted, and then I laughed
1: the government would come in and be like, no, you're being oppressed.
0: Right. So if we weren't, so unfortunately I live in Shenango County. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Shenango County.
1: No. Okay.
0: Have you, have you seen New York city? Yes. It's the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> You know, we, we, we've got more, um, more cows and people, more deer than cows and enough ammunition to kill them all a hundred thousand times. Um, we're, we're a rural area, right? We, we believe in our gun rights. We believe in, um, a lot of things that, um, you might call conservative or, or lean right. I don't, I call it logical. <laughs> you know, like when you're hungry, you gotta find something to eat and it can't always come out of a pop tart box. Um, personally, I prefer to hunt my beaver, you know, um,
1: there's no Pop-Tarts out in the wild for me to shoot, Thomas.
0: Damn, you know, <laughs>
1: maybe we could.
0: Yeah, we
1: could we could go down like a two hour rabbit hole in health. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. save that for next episode. Yeah, next you, you, you and I could have
0: a lot of fun with that. Beaver ass juice, folks, it's in your Pop-Tarts. The juice that comes from a beaver's ass is in your Pop-Tarts and they call it a natural flavor. So uh back to accessibility, right? The ADA is about um forcing everybody to do this and do that. And of course you've got to have an inspector come and you have to be up to code. And if you've ever worked in the construction trade at all with a lot of the codes, you don't actually have to follow them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um you hand the right envelope to the right person at the right time. And oh hey, I passed inspection. Um, and, and that's what happens when we have this overbearing system of, of bureaucratic control in every little aspect. Now, back to this disabilities advocate, right? um, What they were telling me was that the most common things that they found that are, that are um, egregious to accessibility were things like lips. Um, not these lips, but like a lip in a pavement. You ever yeah. see a parking lot that only got half repaved? Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lip. Yeah, like, yep. Right? Where it meets. If we're spending five to $20,000 of taxpayer dollars on a power wheelchair for the disabled to get out and about, shouldn't it be able to handle that lip?
1: Hmm. Well, I guess if, if the government determines there's no lip between you and your TV and computer, I guess not.
0: Right. Um, grassy medians. Who makes a power wheelchair that can't cross a few feet of grass without struggling? Oh, everybody that's making power wheelchairs. Um, there may be a few out there that can do it. Um, there are there are a few models that are extremely good outdoors. You know what they're not good at? Indoors. Um, there's the action crack chair. People send me these links all the time. They say, "Look at this great looking wheelchair. This is innovative. It's new. It's amazing. How am I going to cook? <laughs> how am I going to butcher in it? You know. I mean, how am I going to?" Navigate the toilet in the shower in an action drag chair. Um, and, and most people with a power chair don't want multiple power chairs. Um, I, I'm the exception because I kill batteries like nobody else. Um, I prefer to actually have two at a time. And, and thanks to volunteers in my dear right now, we'll get to that. Um because when the battery's dead I just switch wheelchairs and put the one that died on the charger and go with the fresh chair uh so we talk about all of these minor things right uh, it can be a loose strobe rug one that's not tacked down that can impede. well that should be avoided for a lot of reasons particularly people with walkers and canes or or um
1: what about but, like random things? On the like, I, I, I think of like when you're at the grocery store and the shopping cart wheel hits like a penny on the ground or a pebble on the ground, and the wheel gets stuck. Like, is that something that the, the government ones stairs. run into? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the sad part about that is that those those little electric scooters you can get them are better than most wheelchairs in that regard. Um, now. ADA claims that it's going to make every last place accessible. All the time. All of the accessibility all the time for everyone. Well, here's what happens. You know, life's not perfect. Yep. Um. Ground moves. Right? Have you seen Heave from the winter? Yeah. Ground freezes and ground moves.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? That causes a lot of these little bumps that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And in places like where I live, that happens every single year.
1: Yep. Is it
0: is it even ethical, feasible, or sane to expect to make a law that's going to forcefully address that on a regular basis throughout?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or the sidewalks. Like, I mean, the government can't even keep the roads smooth for the cars. I think about the sidewalks, any city you go to how like, you know, first of all, like you're lucky if each section of of the sidewalk is even and that like you're not having massive drop offs and and, and lips going up. And then how many of them are cracked and have weeds and stuff, you know, growing out of them and stuff that, again, I I can imagine not from experience, but just from what you're describing me that, you know, the wheelchairs you're describing probably have some measure of difficulty with, you know, sidewalks that haven't been well attended to, which is like a 95% of probably all sidewalks that are maintained by the government.
0: So a lot of wheelchairs will have a problem with a bump that's a half inch or an inch. Um, let alone if it's in close quarters or a tight turn bumps get bigger than that. Yeah. I saw so many six inch sidewalk bumps, not, not getting off the curb to cross the road, not crossing the road, but it's still sidewalk and sidewalk six inch bumps.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Do you know how many power wheelchairs I saw while I was down in the city for three weeks? And I was not, inactive. I went everywhere, including malls and up and down sidewalks. How many do you think I saw?
1: I I don't know. How maybe spent, a couple.
0: I spent three weeks consistently out in about in a city of I forget what is it is, eight million people down there or something. Yeah. Just three power wheelchairs.
1: Yeah. Now I remember last time I I mean it's been years since I've been in the city, but you you don't see a lot of people out in wheelchairs to, to be honest
0: but they do exist and they are there
1: yeah but they're just it's probably like like, like probably you probably to them often feel like they're living in a sort of like prison house arrest sort of that's exactly environment. what it tends
0: to feel like i can yeah. tell you from personal experience um this goes back to that, oh, you can get the TV remote, and you can get your pills, and we're giving you free Pop-Tarts to die on. Um, obviously, you need to be happy now, right? Right. So, you know, we're talking, and we're, we're, we're doing a thing you're not supposed to do. We're identifying the problems. We're pointing out everything wrong in the world, and we're not coming up with a solution, because I do believe in leading with solutions. And I do sure. believe it is, it is a, a terrible plan in any realm to just go forth, it's bad, and not say, oh, well, this would be better. Um,
1: To some extent, it's probably necessary, because I think think this is one area where people tend to probably, even people who might have a disfavorable view of government solutions, might naively say, oh, well, you know, the government at least does a decent job at providing welfare for people who are disabled or who have, you know, special needs or something, and it's like, it's you know
0: yeah I would, I, would, I would ask particularly when I'm around to avoid the the special needs term and go with disabled um, or person with disabilities uh, special needs gets um, children love it and then they become adults and they can't stand it. Does that make sense?
1: Sure yeah
0: uh, I don't want to be special I just want to be tall um, oh yeah. So, but I, even I end up using the word on occasion because that's what people will understand um, you well, know, i I'm
1: just thinking like what what people think of when it's like you know when you're filling out government forms, like do you have any disabilities or like, it's, like it's, it's the terminology that that they 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 push out on uh, on the world, unfortunately.
0: yeah, um it, it also tends to be a question from employers, which you're not supposed to ask. be careful about that one. If you are ever asked about your health or disability that you don't have to tell them shit. Um, So let's, let's get back. You've seen my wheelchair. You've seen some of the things it can do. Yeah. Um, It's no longer made and it's no longer available.
1: Now is it, is it substantially harder to make or more expensive to make than the other ones? (laughs) <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm trying to be a good interviewer here and just ask basic It's questions. incredibly simple.
0: It's durable and simple.
1: Ah, okay. <laughs> um
0: it, it got some this is my re- case. got some bad reviews for being clunky. And if by clunky you mean it'll actually survive getting hit by a pickup truck because one did, okay, I'll take it. Um if by clunky you mean I can navigate my kitchen and my backyard i'll take it um it actually does not have a bad turning radius it has a a pretty decent um power and range um but here's the interesting thing because it's no longer being made there are design aspects that can be utilized and i can take the best of it and uh, redesign it Hmm. um We've already been working on this for months. A friend of mine out of Erie, Pennsylvania. um, He kind of came to the rescue at one point when I had had a breakdown with the crowdfunded wheelchair. And, you know, we figured out the problem. We figured out how to fix it, but we couldn't do it right then and there, right? And... I had my previous wheelchair sitting there literally in a pile of parts. And he, he looks down and he goes, Can I take over of that? And at that point, just, I really didn't care. So you know, might as well, go ahead. <clears throat> Three hours later, he drove it down off the workbench, the parts were sitting up. That chair is over 20 years old. The crowdfunded chair was twenty years old when I got it. I've seen these things, when properly maintained, outlast people. Yeah. How long do you think the chairs that you get through the systems last?
1: God, I. I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna put a number out there. Five years.
0: Okay, so that that's actually a really good number. Um, it's both accurate and incorrect. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, so at five years of age, your wheelchairs or your insurance company is required. Mind you, most people's insurance company is now an underwriter of Medicaid or Medicare. Right. Um, they're required to replace it after five years. They're not required to fix it after five years. They make more money saying, "Ah, oh, well, we're not going to give you new tires. We're going to give you a new wheelchair because they're interested. A lot of people mm. don't realize that um, different medical companies from different walks of the spectrum invest in each other. Um, I've run into nonprofits for, for certain conditions where the board is invested in a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> that's, that's not doing good things. Um, oh, boy. Insurance companies will in will invest in health product companies, health product companies will invest in insurance companies, politicians will own the stock of both. And it's it's a reciprocating market. Yeah. Um so the gentleman who's been helping me, Matt Lacey, you know him from PubHouse. Yeah. Yep. Um along with myself, uh, my cousin, who's uh, well, he actually worked for Toyo- Toyota for quite a while as a, as a lead welder. He just retired from there and tried to start his own business. <clears throat> um, trying to think of well, Sam Robb um, and some other friends of mine. We think we've got a solid plan to create a nonprofit that can develop the designs. Lease those designs to manufacturers, if not start our own manufacturing. um, And essentially crowdfund without selling them to the systems. We can keep the price down by not getting them medically coded. um, And not basically we're avoiding regulations. I'm going to sell not a wheelchair. I don't know. Um, There's a way to do this. Because remember I brought up the action track chair? Mm Mm-hmm. That's another chair that's not medically coded and only sold privately. Until recently, they just had a standing version which probably had to be medically coded. Um, This was a tank. or is It's tank treads, right? It goes through the woods. It's 15 grand. I think we can do better and I think um, we can provide them Either for free or in a um, benevolent fashion. I remember I said this country was full of generous people. Yep, well, that's what we're banking on. Um, my work with the New York Volunteer Network—it's uh, typically taking on an individual at a time, utilizing the nonprofit status to garner donations to take care of their problem. Um, we had a better who lost his leg after his fifteenth. 15th- knee replacements. Uh, and his home was not accessible. And he was, you know, he I'm has sure. family, he has a wife, but life still goes on. And, you know, he ran into the very thing that I know all too well. When you're stationary, and nobody's around, it's a hot day, and all you need is a glass of water and you can't get it. imagine that feeling for eight, 10, 12 hours. Yeah. Well, now he can get a glass of water. Um, The construction is not done, but uh, a couple more weekends, we should have it done. And we're we're crowdfunding for Stephen McGrath for the same reason. Um, I'm trying to think. I kind of went in a lot of directions on you here, Jacob.
1: No, but it's I mean, you're hitting a lot of I mean, there's there's so much there. And and it's like there's there's so many things I could interject and 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 pile on on. But I I think it's just we're we're demonstrating libertarian principles here in, in, in in what we're talking about and the things you're explaining without like. Boring people with theory. It's kind of like demonstrating in real life the inefficiencies of trying to centrally plan and overregulate these markets, expecting that you're going to give people better outcomes. It's like, no, you're actually giving people, like, you're equalizing the outcomes, maybe. I'll give you that. They're shitty outcomes, but I guess you're equalizing them. So it's like, if your goal is just equality, um, maybe you can try to, I don't know, salvage something there. Uh, In terms of some modicum of success, but at the end of the day, it's like people aren't, you know, you can't even say they're, it's not like some people could say, well, the goal is just to get these people to survival mode and we can't necessarily get them to thrive. It's like, well, for the sounds of what you're describing to me, these people aren't even really surviving unless survival literally just means, you know, continuing the amount of days on this earth which is just a really low, like really low bar to hit. It's like, they're not, they're not surviving in a basic sense of like being able to daily have the basic ability to um, take care of themselves and to try to meet their needs. Like that is basically, you know, from, from the way you're describing it being denied to, to a lot of people who, um are, are suffering from from different disabilities right. and, so- and and the solutions that are that are being offered like they're not standardized they're not centralized it's not like you're uh coming up with a one size fits all even maybe it's like you're 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 demonstrating how just people through normal voluntary interactions with each other like that is done more for you than any of these government programs have.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I want to get back, right? I so 15% I think is the statistic of people in this country are disabled. Um what's 15% of 350 million?
1: 500,000 ish. For 5 million.
0: No, no, no. Um So, 15% of 100 million is 15 million. So, we're already up to 45 million. So, we're talking like 52 and a half million people who have a disability in this country. Um, 50 million, right? Let me get my calculator up here. There it is. All right. So, that's not a calculator. Okay, so 50 million people. I'm going to put 50 into my calculator. Let's uh, let's suppose that uh, only 20% of those are physical disabilities, 0.2, that land them in a power wheelchair, right? Only 20%, okay? That's still 10 million people, right? Right. Let's suppose that uh, 80% of those are uh, elderly and, and not very active. right, so then we're down to 2 million. That's still 2 million people. That's 2 million units. That's 2 million wheelchairs that are not getting people out of the house. That's 2 million wheelchairs that are not letting people go to work or go to school. Uh, that's, That's 2 million wheelchairs that are not allowing you to take over your family business, that are not allowing you to go 10 houses up the sidewalk to your post office, that are uh, not allowing you to get out of your house in a fire. Um, Think about all of that. That's 2 billion wheelchairs that are not doing the job. Now, there's a problem with this though, right? We have to convince people in that situation that they can have more life, that they deserve more life, that it's okay for them to want more because the hardest part of my job as a disabilities advocate, particularly when we come into crowdfunding, is convincing people to ask for help.
1: Hmm.
0: It's not because they're stubborn, and it's not because they don't want help, and it's not because they don't need help. It's because for the last, well, since FDR, <laughs> uh, the government and, and the broader population has been telling them. If the big bad United States of America government can't help you, obviously nobody else can. It must be too hard. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not too hard. It's not too hard.
2: And a government. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Doesn't give a shit about you. I can imagine for a lot
1: of people too. They just get conditioned over time to that they, they they don't even. Well, the think condition to, is there
0: before you become disabled. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're uh, remember we talked about the special needs before thing before. If you're a child born with disabilities, I was. People are constantly trying to tell you not to do things, not to pursue things, or what you should pursue. Instead of giving you the opportunity to thrive and live,
1: well, imagine yeah. like imagine the situation you described earlier where like somebody's living in New York City doesn't really see people out in power wheelchairs getting around, living life, doing things. So if they get disabled, they might just, well, my life's over. Now, flip the script imagine every day they ran into a few people who were out there in power wheelchairs, such as what you're doing. Then, you know, I'm not saying they take the the change in their lifestyle without like you know, they might miss it, you know. Like that that would still probably be a traumatic event or some major change, but it's not like, oh, there's no hope. My life's done. I can't do anything, you know. I mean, I think to some extent, you know, pe- people have uh like I hear a lot of talk about people saying that like prosthetic limbs and stuff have come a long way and and people encourage people along those lines to be like, oh, if you lose a limb, it's not the end of the world. But people don't really make those efforts when it comes to the, you know, ne- needing uh, wheelchair assistance like what we're talking about here.
0: So the, the artificial limb thing is, is something that uh, the, uh, the construction that's being done right now um, by New York Volunteer Network is for a gentleman who lost legs. you know, uh, and, and he's begun the process of fitting an artificial limb. Do you know how long the average is for that?
1: Hmm. God. I'm going to guess like a year and a half.
0: You're actually pretty close. Two years is the average to get a properly fit and working artificial limb. It's not simple, folks. You don't just pop it on like your G.I. Joe's. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you did that too, didn't you? Um, (laughs) everybody tears apart their toys um it it doesn't work that quickly that easily that efficiently some people are lucky and it does most people it doesn't doesn't happen that
1: probably depends like where it's i mean because like not every person who loses a limb is having it removed in the same exact spot so i imagine there's a lot of a lot of variables there
0: well, and, and different ranges of health conditions otherwise entirely. Real, Yeah. Maybe you're overweight. Maybe you're not very strong. Uh, maybe you spent all of your time on Twitter and never developed any muscles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, what is it we can do here with this? Well, we're already upgrading the design. I mean, just my own chairs are upgraded. And... We're going to go a lot farther than that. Um, This chair will be continuously repairable. Um, I envision it being green. Well, that's a dirty word, isn't it? You know, cast iron pans are green, too. Mm. Did you Uh, know that? Yeah. Um, So what is green, right? I know I'm using, like, leftist words here
1: um being, still, being able to buy something and and not have to replace it yeah don't get uh, me started on all the uh, in, in my industry of automobiles and all the talk about electric vehicles and i'm like you know what would be nice would be if like when people bought a car they thought they would buy that car and keep it for 30 years not just trade it in every three
0: yep yep um so and that's what happens with wheelchairs. We were just yeah. talking about that, right? With the insurance. Yeah.
1: Watch well, how you were describing things, and like cars haven't suffered maybe to the same extent as wheelchairs, government overregulation, but they've suffered a fair bit. So oh, yeah. the things you're describing to me are like similar. You know what I mean to what I see in the car world. Um, it, it's not that bad yet, but it's going there.
0: So what this business model for a nonprofit will do um it should garner multiple locations for manufacturing Um uh, there's a potential to have one i don't know say in every state if you will um or maybe just four or five around the country and i in, in any regard um the closer they are to the user to the individual the better service will be the better um Prices on shipping will be. But here's the thing: it's going to be open source. Hmm. The designs are going to be free to use by any individual, but not by corporations or companies for profit. If you're gonna make it for profit, you're gonna donate wheelchairs back to us so we can give them away. That's that's literally the least. Give us wheelchairs. That's it. Let we'll us give them away. Um I'm sure you're familiar with the right to repair. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, IP. Yep. So by making them open source to individuals, um, you will be able to purchase the materials and parts yourself and build one. Or get the assistance of your auto mechanic or your, your friends or whoever it is. It's going to be that simple. Um, We've already identified where we can extend the battery length, Um, we can go to lithium ion for better user satisfaction. But what another misconception in regards to healthcare welfare, the way these systems work is you can and I have wait two years for a wheelchair six months for a set of batteries uh, a user that's as active as me batteries to the system which are always lower quality than if you buy them privately even though they're the same battery from the same manufacturer in the same factory <laughs> um they're done in six months I I, I am such an active person and I am so dissatisfied with wheelchairs and batteries that I have developed a habit that when I go through the house, which it's a pretty large house because it, it was a poor person family in a rural area, old farmhouse. Um, I am so used to not being able to rely on my batteries that it's not uncommon to see me as I go through the house, attempting multiple tasks at once. And, and what I mean by that is, I might grab the dirty dishes from my table behind me as I go to the sink, but also take my coffee cup and set it at the coffee table where I make my coffee on the way and pick up a towel to wipe up my hands that got dirty from the dishes. And when I'm at the dishes, I'm going to go to the fridge because that's right there. And I'm going to grab my drink and on my way back, I'm going to make sure all the lights are off or on whichever I need. I'm doing all of these things in one trip. And it gets kind of funny because sometimes if I'm doing a lot of interesting projects, you'll see me snacked with stuff. Right? It, it looks like a bad cartoon or where someone's trying to tend to hold too much stuff, right? Right. <laughs> um, but you do that because you learn that if you try to do all of that stuff, you're going to end up in a situation where your batteries are dead. It's not time for bed. And all of a sudden, you've been hit with a stomach bug, and no one is around.
1: Hmm.
0: You learn to avoid putting yourself in those situations, bad situations, situations of inability. Now, what does that mean, though? Does that mean that I'm doing too much? But does that mean that I need to be enabled to do things as anybody else is?
1: Mm. So the other thing well, for- well to the government, I'm sure <laughs> there's a heavy bias towards uh, well, if everybody's doing as much as Thomas, well, we can't meet that need. Yeah.
0: See that that's another thing, right? People yeah. are constantly telling me that I do more than most of the people they know. And this has been a thing since I was a kid. I don't understand that. I don't understand how people can, no offense, sit around watching podcasts all day or <laughs> cable news or football. I don't understand how we could just sit there and play video games for twelve hours a day, seven days a week. I I, I don't mind it. I don't care if you do. I, I don't. I just I don't understand it because I have to do stuff to feel good. If I don't have an accomplishment, I don't feel good. And most people feel better when they have accomplishments. Uh, Most people feel better when they can see their neighbors. Most people feel better when they can go to their family functions. Most people feel better when they
1: can get out. I'm always really careful when I make this statement, because I always want to hedge it with, like, I don't want to judge people who I'm sure there are people who have legitimate needs for them. But I I get so upset over the rate of prescription of antidepressants in our country because yes. I'm just like, like how many people are depressed and like to me like, an antidepressant should be given to someone who has no reason to be depressed and yet they're still depressed look, okay, you probably need an antidepressant a lot of people I know who are on antidepressants and I go listen man I don't think you have a chemical imbalance I think you're depressed because your life sucks I mean, so, to be blunt. Just be like, and you're not, you're, you're, whether it's like a lot of people, it's like you're not doing anything. Like you're, 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 everything about your life is contributing to this, this ball, the snowball of misery that's piled up. And yeah, it can be hard work to overcome it. And uh, maybe there's a utility to saying antidepressants can be used as a catalyst for people to come out of hard situations. I'm fine with that, but that's not the way they're used. They're used as just like, you know, this, this sort of like, like a pacifier for a baby. Just like you put it in the mouth, like the like, shut up. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to hear about your pain. We don't hear about your struggles. We don't want you, you to don't uh, solve the problem. Right? Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. That's, so that's I, I you actually
0: kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, my grandmother was in a nursing home before she passed. I remember going there to visit once we weren't there 10 minutes and she asked us to leave because it was time for her pervituous um i've known all kinds of people with disabilities who get overloaded with prescriptions i, I don't know if you know this but because i have osteogenesis imperfecta, perfecta i obviously must have PTSD. um what what <laughs> um post-traumatic stress disorder is something that occurs when an individual goes through something that they can't handle mm-hmm. now, what causes Jacob Winograd PTSD isn't necessarily going to cause Tom Quater PTSD and vice versa. You, you know, I am very familiar with my bones breaking something I'm very, very, very used to. And if I break all of my limbs in an instance, which has happened several times as an adult, um, I don't get PTSD. But if I came up to Jacob Winograd and I decided I was going to break all of his limbs, he might end up with PTSD. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fair uh, chance. So, you know, it's it's often used as a placater. Actually, um, it's not just antidepressants. It's it's a whole range of drugs. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Oof, Ah, uh, is used heavily in jails and prisons. I mean, if if you're in jail or prison, you're on something that's turning you into a zombie. That that is a very common fact, at least in New York, among the people that I counsel. Um, it uh, talk about creating drug addicts.
1: I, I used to be heavily reliant upon my ADHD medication, and uh, I'm still on it, but I've been I've been working on lowering the dosage and lowering the dosage, and and not taking it every day, uh, and and finding a lot of freedom in um being able to overcome my adhd symptoms by just diet and exercise like yep. just like changing things about my life and like realizing you know maybe you know maybe, maybe there's yeah something about my brain that you know like adhd is like a like your receptors are either bad at uh transmitting dopamine or bad at absorbing it you know or a little bit of both It's like okay maybe you know, in the spectrum of human brains, yeah, maybe my brain's on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of its ability to do those things. But you know what? Eating a shitty diet probably doesn't help with my ability. You know what I mean? It's like, I need to at least be giving my body the best chance it has to do those things I think it's bad at naturally. And then it's like, okay, if I'm doing everything right and i'm still falling short maybe i need a little bit of assistance like i don't want to say that science and and medical interventions have zero utility it's just that they've they're they're not used as and like as part of a holistic plan to better someone's life they're just there's they're almost used as shackles around people to i mean to some extent it's you know i usually do tend to agree with that saying that's like often when it comes to like the government to assume incompetence before uh malevolence sometimes it's just like I don't know man like the way when you look at just all the ways in which the pharmaceutical companies and the healthcare industry in this country just kind of serve to put this giant a noose around so many people's necks and just weigh them down into this life where basically all they are are drones and numbers for the government like I it's know. it's hard not to that was know. facilitated
0: by cronyism and we know that yeah so uh, medication is is an interesting topic um some people need those drugs they need their medication and um I am I'm, I'm pretty sure you're with me on this Jacob cannabis does better for a lot of people in a lot of instances than a lot of oh, drugs, yeah. uh, prescription drugs you um now here's the thing pharmaceutical companies are in the business to make money um the FDA is in the business of making money by pretending to keep things safe. Um, And these drugs are often priced out um, in. in, in, So what first happens is they develop this new drug, I don't know, compound A. It, it, It cures all Jacobs of having the name Jacob and sorry for continuing to use you as my example um but there are only so many jacobs in the world and to produce it at a rate that's profitable enough for the company to want to produce it we have to find a way to use it for something else so that they can sell more Mm. otherwise you're going to have to charge fifty thousand dollars a pill just to cure you of your own name um And therefore, they find reasons to treat people with things that necessarily, meh, right? So if if not everybody is taking Xanax, then Xanax goes up in price. Um, Some of that's handled with government subsidies, obviously. But largely, they're trying to apply drugs to people they shouldn't be applied to. We see this with um, psychotic episode instance, mass shootings. Oh, yeah. People who commit those kinds of violent crime are statistically more likely to have been on and or off severe psych meds. I've seen people go through a 20-year Xanax habit. You know what happens to a person after 20 years of Xanax? Yeah. Yeah pretty much nothing um they don't get to evolve they don't get to grow they don't get to deal with the problems they don't get to um say, hey find the solutions uh, <laughs> and i'm sick and tired of being told whether by doctors governments teachers parents, neighbors, friends, that this kind of lifestyle is okay for me because I need the help. I'm also sick of the libertarians who try to say that I couldn't survive without the state. That makes me mad. I set my own broken femurs. I get myself on and off the toilet with all four of my limbs busted. And these guys have a, have the audacity to say that I'm too crippled or too beta to run for office. They wouldn't vote for a cripple. What in the hell? Who are these people, and, and can we
1: beat them? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know who these people are, but if any of these people that, especially if you call yourself a libertarian, and if you've I've ever met Thomas, and you, you think that uh, Thomas doesn't have the, the the both the physical and, and mental uh, prowess to tackle any challenge. Then uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, and, and this conversation's already gone on two hours. We could go on two more. We we gotta find a stopping point somewhere, which which I'm, I'm kind of trying to do here. But it's just, man, you're 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 so knowledgeable about about these different topics, and and your heart and your energy are both just fully at on display here and um i think we're both in very sound passionate agreement that um you know we what we want for people is more than the bare minimum you know what i mean and, and that's you know a, a lot of times we can as libertarians wax about you know people will talk about natural rights and uh you know economic prosperity and, and it, it, all these things that are definitely important but it's like human flourishing and the the ability to live out the human experience to its fullest. I mean, you know, sometimes under, you know, spoken about, I think in libertarian circles, but I think, you know, that that should be something we as libertarians, you know, should be leading with more often is that we want people to live the fullest, healthiest and by constant and, and out of necessity for those first two freest lives possible because that's how we we're meant to live you know what I mean like we're not meant to live in in bondage whether that's bondage from the state, whether it's bondage from these corporations, whether they're healthcare corporations or, or 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 what have you like you know the the human spirit uh cries out for freedom and you can suppress that through all sorts of different means of authoritarianism but um at, at some point the uh, the bill comes due and I think that our, society is 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 at you know at some point that 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 human spirit is going and is i think in 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 many parts in our society pushing back and and saying enough like this isn't you know there's especially after the two years of lockdowns and and stuff i mean i think people are just like you know there's there's got to be more to life than just waiting for tomorrow
0: (laughs) yeah so some states there are people that when they talk about lockdowns being from new york i just roll my eyes But you don't even know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I want to wrap it up, too. But I need to, uh, you know, I need to interject just a couple more things. Um, You said bare minimum there, right? Yeah. Um, I think we need to redefine what the bare minimum is.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Um, Humanity, love, um, whether you're religious or not. The bare minimum is not suffering in misery. The bare minimum is not being a vegetable on medications. The bare minimum is not a terrible institution and they are all terrible. If it is a home that doesn't let you leave it is a prison. I don't care how pretty it is on the inside. And most of them are actually only pretty on the outside. and. You know, with regard to disabilities and drug addiction. This is something where my peer counseling really points out a thing that most people don't realize. Those with spectrum disorders tend to present with a lot of the things that we think are the result of drug abuse. Twitching, the weird block, you know, whatever it is those are often at least first and I'll get into that people with disabilities people who are a little different and they're going to be ostracized socially when they're ostracized socially well hey guess who welcomes them uh you know everybody else is ostracized and you know maybe doing drugs I have counseled people like this they still do we try to say that drug abuse is a choice. We try to say, well, some people try to say that it's a choice, that it's, um, that it's not a disability. Two things. If you're compulsive because of your disability, you don't have as much choice as other people, particularly in an ostracization situation. Um, and,
1: what if the government's putting that gun in your hand and pointing <laughs> fully loaded, you know, here you go.
0: <laughs> um, the other part of that is, can you name an instance of any kind of source resulting in long-term and severe brain damage that's not considered a, a disability?
1: I don't, I, I can't think of any off the top of my so, head. So,
0: the minute you have any measure, measurable um, traumatic injury to the brain, which does not have to be a hammer, sorry, Jacob.
1: Um, I remember the hammer fell on you earlier. Um, I've had a lot of things happen to me over this podcast. Oh, yeah, every bone of my body broken, hammer fell out of a plane.
0: <laughs> At least you didn't get raped. Um, <laughs> uh, where's <is> Cajun? Um, <laughs> so. You know, we've said a few times, desperate people do desperate things. Right? People don't try heroin or meth because they're happy.
1: Right. They try yeah.
0: it because they want to be happy.
1: And we know and- this because there are people who try heroin and meth and they don't get addicted to it. You know what I mean? Because it's like if you're at a... If you're at like a eight or a nine, and heroin takes you to like an eleven or a twelve, it's like, okay, and you know, but, you know, people don't. But if you're like at a two, and you go to a twelve on heroin, well, this fuck, like that—that's where the, the the problem starts.
0: So different people have different levels of addiction to different substances some people are more addicted to alcohol some people are more addicted to Some people are more addicted to nicotine it's nicotine for me i've kicked alcohol and and a handful of other substances in my life uh, mostly prescription pills oh almost like i know what i'm talking about um so once you're affected in a manner that is say the addiction level that we just discussed or permanent brain damage, or whatever it is. Learned behavior can also be a disability. We call those behavioral disorders, right? Drugs Can facilitate, exasperate and or cause behavioral disability uh, disorders, which are also disabilities. Um, so do I think it's okay or good to put every one-off instance user of a drug, any drug under the label disability. No, no, I don't. In fact, I think an awful lot of them can stand a buck up and muscle through. I did. Addiction is rough. Um, it's hard, but you can do it. Yeah. And there are people like myself out there who will help you. All you have to do is ask and be willing to accept it. Um, but I do really despise these people who hate. Users, I hate people who use drugs. They gotta stay off that marijuana. Next like, thing so you know, they're gonna be dancing. God, I wish.
1: Um At the very least, we could ask the government to stop. Literally, like I said before, like, like, can we can we stop like loading these things in people's hands and encouraging them to use it? Like that would you know what I mean? That would go a long Maybe way. Maybe
0: It's a little contrary to both guard the opium fields in Afghanistan. while Fighting the war on drugs. Um, eh. I mean, <laughs> there's no war on drugs to fight. If we don't get them to increase their heroin production by a factor of 40. Oh wait, we already did.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. But, uh, you
0: know, I don't Jacob, thank you for having me. Um,
1: no, and but, but, I mean, there's like I said, we could do these topics for so long, and it's like I, I don't want to cut it short, but it's like,
0: it, I'm an addict. I need my nicotine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, where can uh, before you go, uh, you know, if, if people want to look into the things you brought up, the, the 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 whether it's the wheelchair thing or if there's any other projects or things that you want to plug. Um.
0: So the Mobility Independence Foundation. Um which will start with developing that wheelchair um has yet to be founded and will be blasted out everywhere soon enough for now um check out the new york volunteer network um i believe it's nyvolunteers.org. actually hang on one second you're gonna edit this right can you put a link in
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, but before I publish this, I can you can send me a list of links and I'll I'll put them in the uh the show notes the comments section for a little. Yeah.
0: I think our website is nyvolunteers.org and it is um but to find our most direct and individualized fundraisers, you have to find us on Facebook and I cannot tell you what that is because I just don't know.
1: Okay. Well, if you find, um, this, this won't go, uh, you have, you have 24 hours. <laughs> if you can find links, uh, I can, or I, I can even upload them after the fact I can go back and edit and put them in there. So if you find any links you want me to throw in the description for people who want to look into ways to support or learn more about the, the different things, uh, pertaining to the topics we talked about, um, I can make sure that that is there for people.
0: Yeah. I will uh, get you the New York volunteers network. Shout out to Steven McGrath. Stephen, um, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up topics when we're trying to end of the show, but I kind of have to this guy. Um, Steven McGrath, Marine Corps veteran, used to holding three jobs and being an outdoorsman, hunting and fishing, mostly fishing. Um is in uh, Oneana that's not far from me. And he caught COVID last summer. And he went into the hospital system, which has been severely disrupted. Um, the staff in our hospital systems have been rolled over, which means we have a lot of inexperienced um, people as healthcare workers. And he endured a six-week coma due to at a hospital that i had always considered to be one of the best hospitals around it's where i prefer to go it's where i would choose to go although i generally choose not to go to the hospital anyhow um, they failed to keep him clean and dry for those six weeks. They failed to move his legs when he has diabetes for those six weeks. Hmm. He woke up with his body rotting. He woke up from a six week coma over COVID to endure 11 surgeries to remove both of his legs. A Marine Corps veteran used to holding two to three jobs and being an outdoorsman is now crapped in a rather inaccessible trailer. He lost his home through that process. But although that was more because of the, the previous two years <laughs> with the, with the pandemic and, you know, losing his jobs. Um, thanks Cuomo. Uh, Completely unavoidable. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like everything that's happened to this guy is directly related to what Cuomo did through the pandemic. That's <sighs> all. Awesome. Um,
1: so make politicians afraid again
0: yeah right (laughs) except for me i don't hold any fear people try (laughs) um so i mean he's he's got no legs and that's not what bothers him not what bothers him that's what he said to me specifically i usually have to counsel people out of thinking that your new disability is horrible and that you're not gonna have a life right and normally i have to say you know if that's not true. There are ways. Uh, Stephen very plainly stated, "You know, it's it's, it's not my legacy to care about it's what I can't do." Hmm. Um,
1: but yeah. we're going
0: to get in there. We're going to start with the accessibility remodel, much like what Russell Jordan received in Waverly. Um, you can find that at our uh, Facebook page. I believe it's. Well, I I just sent it to you. You should have it in Messenger. Um, $18,500 will give this guy a chance at having his life back. We're not going to send him to Disneyland. We're not going to buy him a new car. We're not Oprah, and we're not spoiling anyone. But this man currently has no bathroom he can use. He currently can't get through any of the doorways of his home. He has no safe exits from his home. And he has, regardless of what you feel about the military, he put his life on the line for you and me. He served our economy by holding two to three jobs at a time. Um, Demand deserves some general sense of comfort. So we're going to try to give it to him.
1: Yep, and I just put that link down there at the bottom, which that way people can see it, and I'll also put it in the uh, uh, description uh, section as well. People want to look into this and help support a pretty noble cause, um, in my opinion. So, um, well, thanks for coming on, Thomas, and uh, thank you for talking about all this stuff. It's always again this; these are the kind of. By the way, if you guys aren't on Clubhouse, get on Clubhouse because these are the kind of conversations that I have with Thomas and other people on a you know, not as often as we used to, but, but still often enough basis. And it's a great way to connect with uh, other people of uh different and similar backgrounds. So, um, but yeah, always a pleasure. We'll definitely, uh, definitely have to have you back on again in the future. Um, But yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks everybody for watching. And uh, yeah, until next time, take it easy.
0: Smoke weed every day. <laughs>